Laudato Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. Today, Saturday, February 10th, is the Feast of St. Scholastica, Virgin. And these are today's headlines. The UN Aid Agency for Palestine warns of famine and hunger in parts of the northern Gaza Strip. Rohingya refugees in one of the world's largest refugee camps face the dangers of human trafficking. And Pope Francis tells Italian craftsmen that the world needs artisans of peace and fraternity. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. A United Nations aid agency working in Palestine says Israel has rejected half of the aid requests submitted by the agency for the Gaza Strip. Nathan Morley has the latest. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East, or UNRWA, has identified areas of famine and hunger in the northern Gaza Strip where people are deemed to be on the brink of starvation. UNRWA chief Philippe Lazzarini said 300,000 people in the north depend on the agency's aid to survive, noting that access to life-saving humanitarian aid was being hindered. Flour, rice and tin goods have been exhausted amid the continuous Israeli siege, a situation made worse by a lack of food, water and nutrition reaching needy areas. The UN Humanitarian Coordination Agency, OCHA, says that more than half of the aid missions to the north of Gaza were denied access last month and that there is an increasing amount of interference from Israeli forces in how and where aid is delivered. The situation apparently is so desperate that residents of those areas of northern Gaza are reportedly grinding animal feed to produce flour for bread. The Palestinian death toll from the constant Israeli attacks in Gaza now stands at 27,947. That's according to the Hamas-run health ministry. Elsewhere, an Israeli missile attack targeted areas west of the Syrian capital Damascus on Friday. And a Hezbollah operative was killed and three civilians hurt on Friday in confrontations on the Lebanese-Israeli border. The Lebanon-Israeli border has witnessed increased tension since October the 8th last year after Hezbollah fired dozens of rockets towards Israel in support of the Hamas attacks on Israel the previous day, prompting Israel to respond by firing heavy artillery towards southeast Lebanon. The confrontations between Hezbollah and Israel have now killed 254 people on the Lebanese side, including 182 Hezbollah members and 39 civilians. That's according to Lebanese security services. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting. In Ukraine, authorities say seven people, including three children, were killed in a Russian drone attack on a petrol station in the city of Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine. Stefan Boss reports that the attack comes after the Ukrainian president made changes to the military command. The regional governor here, Oleg Sinekubov, says at least 10 Iranian-made drones were launched towards Kharkiv. Ukraine's second-largest city shot down at least two others hit civilian infrastructure in the Namislan district of the city, causing a massive fire that burned down 15 private houses. Authorities said an oil depot was hit, among other things, causing the fuel to leak out, which prompted the fire. 
Residents said it was a true hell. First the fuel flowed, then everything caught fire. Among those killed was reportedly a family of five, including children aged seven, four and nine months old. Authorities said they burned alive, trapped in their house as the fire raged. Two other adults were killed by the blaze in another house that burned down. The tragedy comes days after Ukraine's president replaced his top general in a shakeup aimed at reigniting momentum in the deadlocked war with Russia. President Volodymyr Zelensky said on social media that he was thankful for the service of the outgoing general Valery Salonishny, a military leader popular with troops and the general public. But he added it was time for renewal. The changes come as the armed conflict is grindling into its third year, although already hundreds of thousands of troops and civilians are believed to have been killed and injured on both sides. Adding to the difficulties is Ukraine's struggle with shortages of ammunition and personnel and maintaining support from the West. For Vatican Radio, I am Stefan Bos, reporting. This past week saw the annual observance of the International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking, aimed at raising awareness of an often silent scourge that afflicts countless people around the world. One of the groups that falls victim to predatory traffickers and smugglers are the Rohingya refugees, a Muslim minority who have been seeking refuge in Bangladesh and other Asian countries after being forced to flee ethnic-based violence in their home country of Myanmar. Pope Francis remembered the Rohingyas at his weekly general audience on Wednesday, as he has in the past, when he prayed for peace in the world and asked humankind to not forget the conflicts afflicting our planet. Sultana Begum works at Save the Children as regional manager for Asia, in charge of humanitarian policy. She explained to Vatican News who the Rohingya are and what the situation is like for them as they live statelessly in one of the world's largest refugee camps. So the Rohingya are a Muslim ethnic minority group from Myanmar. Um, in August 2017, more than 700,000 Rohingya refugees fled violence in Myanmar and sought safety in Bangladesh. They have essentially had their citizenship stripped away. Uh, they faced systematic discrimination and denial of their basic rights for decades. And they're the largest stateless population in the world. So currently, we have one million Rohingya refugees living in Bangladesh's Cox's Bazaar in some of the world's largest camps. And apart from that, Rohingya refugees are also in other Asian countries like Malaysia, Thailand and Indonesia. The Bangladeshi government was very generous uh, in letting in um, close to one million Rohingya refugees. Um, and so they are... They're not recognized as refugees, and they have been provided refuge and support. But what I would say about the situation in the camps in Bangladesh is that they're getting worse rather than better. There's like half a million children living in these like really terrible squalid conditions on fragile land, which is at risk of cyclones, floods, fires, landslides, and things like that. Um, and the security situation in the camps is terrible. There's lots of armed groups, um, so the children are really scared and vulnerable to this rising violence. So the situation in the camps isn't really a place for a child to grow up, and, and this is really a 
children's crisis and children are really showing worrying signs of depression and anxiety. And so they're kind of confined in those camps with very little movement. They're not able to really work. And, um, and yeah, so it's a really, very difficult situation for them. And turning to news from here in the Vatican, Pope Francis on Saturday morning welcomed members of Confertigianato, the Italian Craftsmen Association. In his address to the group, the Pope encouraged those present to be artisans of peace, beauty, and fraternity in a world ravaged by war and where the poor are often discarded. Lisa Zingarini has this report. Addressing some 5,000 members of the Confartigianato Association in the Paul VI Hall, Pope Francis reflected on craftsmen's creativity, remarking that their work is connected to three parts of the body. The first part are the hands. Manual labor involves the craftsman in God's creative work and as such is not equal to producing, said the Pope. It involves the creative capacity that can combine the skill of the hands, the passion of the heart and the ideas of the mind. Noting that not everyone is fortunate enough to have this ability, he encouraged those present not to hesitate to offer job positions to the most vulnerable in society, including people with disabilities. Every person must be recognized in their dignity as a worker, the Pope stressed. The second part of the body needed for craftsmen's work are the eyes, that is the ability to see a masterpiece in inert matter even before creating it, which brings them closer to the creator. Indeed, the Pope said, with their work, craftsmen teach us to recognize the value and beauty of the material that God has placed in our hands and therefore to reject the throwaway mentality of our modern consumerist societies. Finally, Pope Francis recalled the feet as craftsmen Craftsmen's artifacts travel throughout the world, meeting people's needs and allowing to develop human relationships. This is why, he said, craftsmen can be seen as artisans of fraternity like the Good Samaritan. Concluding, Pope Francis therefore encouraged those present to be artisans of peace and fraternity. Le vostre mani, i vostri occhi, i vostri piedi siano segno di un'umanità creativa e generosa. May your hands, eyes and feet be a sign of a creative and generous humanity, he said. I am Lisa Zengarini. And finally, Pope Francis also met this Saturday morning with members of the Inspectorate of Public Security, the group of police officers charged with maintaining order in St. Peter's Square. As Joseph Tullock reports, the Holy Father told them that the dark side of human nature requires a response from individuals who, when faced with evil, do not stand by and watch. The Inspectorate of Public Security, which is the police force that operates in the Vatican's St. Peter's Square, is employed by the Italian state. It thus differs from the Vatican Gendarmerie and the Pontifical Swiss Guard, which normally operate within the Vatican's walls, so not in St. Peter's Square, and are financed by the Church. Pope Francis began his address to the inspectorate by giving thanks for the officer's faithful and patient work, which, he said, guarantees visitors the opportunity to experience moments of faith and prayer in a serene atmosphere of order and security. Yours, the Pope said, is a job requiring courage, tact, steady nerves, attention and understanding. He also thanked the police officers for helping visitors to the Vatican with requests for information and small unforeseen incidents, as well as aiding those who turn to the officers to express discomfort or because they are searching for understanding and empathy. 
In his address to the police officers, Pope Francis also offered a number of reflections on the deeper purpose of policing. St. Pope John XXIII, he noted, once said that the task entrusted to law enforcement officers is a burdensome one, which requires great moral qualities and, above all, dedication and self-sacrifice for the achievement of the common good. This is why, Pope Francis said, he called you good servants of the human community and builders of peace in society. These, the Pope said, are words laden with meaning that well express both the expectations that we have of you which are sometimes very demanding, and the ideals that inspire you. This is because, Pope Francis stressed, the common good and peace in society are not things that just happen overnight or naturally blossom on their own. The dark side of human nature, limited and wounded by sin, entails the need for people who, when faced with evil, do not stand by and watch, but take the responsibility of intervening to protect the victims and bring the transgressors back to order. I'm Joseph Tullock. And that brings us just about to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, we invite you to visit our web portal at www.vaticannews.va, as well as our Facebook, X, and Instagram accounts. Also, be sure to join us tomorrow morning at 9.30 Rome time, when we'll be broadcasting live with English commentary, the Holy Father's celebration of Mass with the canonization ceremony for Blessed Maria Antonia of St. Joseph de Pazzi Figuera, the, uh, known as Mama Antula. That begins at 9.30 tomorrow morning and will be available on all the Vatican media channels. Many thanks go to our sound engineers in studio. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. <laughs>